Episode 2. Deanna Kremen Deanna was born on March 26, 1978. She had three siblings. She was very well liked by everyone she came into contact with and was known for having a big heart. When she was a child she moved with her mother for two years to California, then settled back in Somerville, Massachusetts where she attended school and made friends. She was living her best life possible and trying to make the most out of every minute. Deanna was already very driven by the age of 17. She had goals that she wanted to fulfill in her short life. At school she was in her junior year and took part in the early childhood program and loved working with third grade children. That was her aspiration of what she wanted to do in her life. She also babysat, volunteered at the local cable access network, and had a part-time job at the local star market on Broadway. There, her best friend worked with her. This is also where she met her boyfriend Tommy. Side note to also add her best friend also dated Tommy's best friend. Tommy and Deanna were dating for around one year, and friends had said they were the polar opposite from each other. Deanna was funny and outgoing Tommy was quiet and reserved. It was even said by some that he was a little obsessive of her. Deanna's mother, Catherine, confirmed that this could be. She said she had gone to clean out Deanna's locker and found notes from Tommy that did seem to be possessive and obsessive over her. So my question here is was Deanna trying to hide how Tommy was toward her by keeping her letters from him in her locker? Before I go any further I would just like to say I am not law enforcement. Nor do I in any capacity have any legal background. I am however someone who is very inquisitive. And loves to ask questions. So any questions or theories are of my own. No one is charged with. The crime that you are about to learn about and it is still an active cold case. I got the honor of speaking and gathering some of the information from Deanna's mother Catherine, and from internet sources. All links will be left as comments at the end of the episode and the transcript can be found in the Discord for this podcast in Deanna's own thread. Deanna was found on Thursday morning March 30, 1995 around 8 a.m. by two children she had babysat for in the past. She was found behind the senior housing complex located at 125 Jacques Street, in Somerville, MA. This was a shortcut that was used by these students. Finding her laying on her back with one pant leg and shoe off and the other pant leg pulled down her thigh. The autopsy revealed she was sexually assaulted and strangled. Deanna was just 0.2 miles from home. Tommy's DNA was found on Deanna's but there was also a presence of a hair on her bare foot that was not Tommy's. Also on this day it was trash day and I was informed that they not only never check the trash bins near Deanna but the investigators allowed the trash to still be picked up. The night prior to this Deanna had called 
her mom to see if she could stay out a little later that evening to watch a show with her boyfriend. Deanna's mom gave her permission and expected to see her later. When midnight rolled around her mother tried to page her to see when Deanna would be home but got no response. Settling in for the night she thought Deanna had just fallen asleep at Tommy's house and she would get a hold of her in the morning. In the morning before she left for work she tried to call Tommy's house and found out she wasn't there. So she asked Deanna's stepfather, Mike, to call the school to make sure Deanna made it to school. Then like most parents on this day she had to be off to work. Not thinking anything was wrong. It had to be totally heart-wrenching to have received a call at work telling her to get home knowing that her daughter hadn't been home. I spoke to Catherine about this. She said when she asked Mike what was going on he replied to her, you know. Now, the reason that Catherine thought she had nothing to worry about and that her daughter probably got up and went to school was that Tommy had always walked her daughter home every night Deanna was over his house. Catherine told me even after Tommy walked Deanna home they would sit on the porch talking until Catherine had to tell Tommy to leave and Deanna to head inside. Then when Tommy got home he would also call to talk to Deanna. This is probably why Catherine wasn't alarmed and went off to work and had her husband handle it. Tommy was 19 at the time when Deanna was found dead. She had been over his house that night and was watching a TV show which is what Deanna had told her. Mom but there are conflicting accounts online of when they actually left the house. Tommy informed the police when questioned that he left Deanna at the corner of Heath and Bond, where she continued to walk up toward Jack Street while he turned and went back down Bond Street to 312 Broadway. He claimed he headed for the Mama Lisa pizza shop. Now looking at the map I noticed something. If he was heading to Mama Lisa's then it would have been less of a walk to the pizza place if Tommy had just walked Deanna home from the corner of Bond and Heath where Tommy claimed he last saw Deanna. There are two routes he could have taken with would have been both about 0.3 miles which is 7 minutes of a walk either route. Now if he had just walked Deanna home he would have only needed to walk 0.2 miles down Temple Street to the pizza place. So at most if he had walked Deanna to her house he would have only added on five extra minutes to his walk. He was reported to have gone to his best friend's house that night to hang out. I understand some of you might be it is Wednesday and a school night. Why would he be hanging out at 11 p.m. at night? At the time of Deanna's death Tommy was 19 and out of school I am assuming seeing that there is no record that he was his best friend was about the same age so it is safe to say they were both not attending school at this time. So hanging out when you're that young with not many worries was a common thing that probably took place. Now it is possible that Deanna told him she is fine but it is weird for the break in how things normally were. 
There is another possibility I was told by Deanna's mom that Deanna was thinking of breaking up with Tommy and it could have been they broke up or had a fight that night so they just parted ways. I like to note that there was a grand jury to try to see if conviction was possible. But Tommy and his best friend pleaded the fifth for every question they were asked. It has been said that there were scratches on Tommy's neck and face but if that was true then there would have been physical evidence the cops would have charged and held him but I found no reports of this. I did ask Deanna's mom if she remembered any scratches. Catherine said that it was so long ago that if he did have scratches she thinks she would have remembered it but again it was a long time ago. Also Tommy did lawyer up. I know most people think oh he lawyered up he must be guilty. This is not always the truth. A lot of innocent people will lawyer up and the cops try to trap you into saying things that you didn't do. Cops have certain tactics that are meant to intimidate the person they are questioning. I am not saying this is what happened but it is presumed innocent until found guilty. Okay now that I have gotten that out of the way, I am assuming they did take DNA from Tommy. But I do not think that it would have made too much of a case seeing they were boyfriend and girlfriend and Deanna would have had his DNA on her. Also Deanna was sexually assaulted and being a couple for a year they would have probably been active with each other. Now there is another possibility. What could have happened? What if they were having relations and things got out of hand he freaked out and dumped her body close to her home. He did have access to a car at this time. Via his uncle as told to me by Catherine. Tommy's mother who had health problems had to take a restraining order out on Tommy citing his violent mood swings and verbal abuse that had been going on since Deanna's death. Now this could be because he was indeed guilty and was lashing out to the closest person left in his life to relieve his stress. His mother said she only got the restraining order because she wanted him to get help. Also he could have just been stressed. Because he was a suspect even if he was innocent not everyone can deal with being an instant suspect due to being the last person to see her. Now there was a firefighter that came into question. He was questioned and released and not much information on if they obtained his DNA to try to match. Deanna used to walk by the firehouse daily on her way to school but little is known how they became acquaintances. He did have a thing for Deanna, he was trying to teach her to drive. And it was reported that he was caught kissing her by Deanna's little brother Mark. I asked Catherine about this and she did confirm that Mark did say it was true but Catherine did not know for sure about the driving lessons. Now unlike Tommy who was relatively Deanna age he was much older by almost 20 years. Just the idea of how old he was in my opinion that he was crossing a line even if it was just a shared kiss, she was underage no matter her maturity level. To add if you are going to take advantage of someone like that, what else could he have been capable 
of Antonio de Dalto was also a suspect. He served time later on a different charge and not much was found on him. I am assuming that seeing he was sentenced that the authorities would have collected his DNA and compared it to the crime scene evidence. There was a roommate named David that lived at Diana's house. I tried to look into this person but there was not much that I could dig up. He was Diana's stepfather's Mike's friend. Diana's stepfather was a known criminal. I questioned Catherine on who the roommate was and if she ever suspected him of anything. Catherine had told me of an incident of when David put a gun under his chin and threatened to kill himself. Untimely he did not do it. I then asked Catherine if she had ever seen any inappropriate behavior. Catherine then told me about a time Diana said that Mike would not know if she was even there or not. The reason for these questions is because of the numerous articles that stated Mike abused Catherine. I also thought this knowing that it seemed Diana was doing a lot to stay out of the house. The sketch that was drawn up for the individual was described as 5 feet 9 inches to 5 feet 11 inches, 40 to 45 years old, and weight of 160 to 170 pounds that was seen around that area. Now the face shape is the same shape as Tommy but not the age. I do not know for sure about the weight but Tommy does look to be around the same weight. The firefighter Charles is around the right age. His age was 36. At the time, I did find pictures of him online from his firehouse. His face shape and nose could possibly be the same but his pictures are not that easy to enlarge to know for sure. The thing that is not the same is his chin. He has a dimpled chin and the sketch does not show a dimpled chin. Also, I do think the face on the sketch is too narrow but like I said enhancing the photos found is hard to tell for sure. Antonio de Dalto another suspect I could not find a picture to compare to the sketch. I couldn't find pictures to compare to the sketch for Mike or Dave. Now as I have gathered information on this active cold case and been able to talk to Catherine to get insight into some of the questions I couldn't find on my own. There are a few more questions or theories. I do have. We can begin with the obvious person, the boyfriend Tommy. So we know that they were a couple. Whenever Deanna left Tommy's house he always walked her home by the time of her curfew. Catherine shared with me that she was home for curfew, but she would have to go tell Deanna to come in because they would remain on the porch talking. Then Tommy would call when he got home too. So, communication seemed to be something they did not lack. Then you have to factor in that Deanna told her mother before she was thinking of breaking up with him. Then her mom finding obsessive. Letters in her locker makes me wonder if she didn't choose this night to break up. If Tommy was obsessed with Deanna he would not have taken it well at all. In the heat of the moment he could have thought and acted on if I can't have you no one will emotion. Then having access to a car would be important, which Tommy did. 
This would mean Tommy would have had to drive to 125 Jacques Street and dump Diana behind the building. Then drive back somewhere around his house in most probability. Then run to Mama Lisa's pizza so he could make it to his best friend's house in time. This could have happened. I don't know the time on the receipt if it was called in or ordered there. Also, as I stated prior if he did have scratches the cops would have had documented it. If a grand jury heard there were scratches on his neck and face with him pleading the fifth along with his best friend, it would be human nature to think they were hiding something. Now say they did part ways. For this one time, either she convinced him she had it or he was just in too much of a rush to get to where he wanted to be, it does seem weird even just running late he wouldn't walk her to the corner of her street. One factor is Diana had called to ask to stay late to watch a show saying she would be home by 11 p.m. This would mean that the show probably ended at 10.30 but knowing Diana walked home she said 11 p.m. to make sure she made it home in time. Now Mama Lisa closes at 11 p.m. at least back then, so Tommy would have to rush to the pizza shop to make it in time to have his food made. This could have supported the reason he did not walk her all the way home. Looking at both sides Tommy is a coin toss and that is because he was the last known party to see her with the change from the normal route. Now this brings me to something else that hit me. What if they did plan to part. Diana would have continued to walk up Bond Street and then turn on Jack Street and have the straight shot home. Diana would have not needed to go behind the senior housing building. Also if she was lured behind the building somehow there would have been too much noise. Diana fought hard for her life. There would have been screams, rustling around just all around. Noise. The murderer would have had to cover her mouth and strangle her at the same time, while not impossible to do. It would take someone with bigger hands to do both and overcome her fight for her life. Now what if she ended up in someone's car? They would have been someone she knew. Either someone was parked in the lot and she joined them or got picked up walking down the street but I would wonder why if she was so close to home and the street was a one-way going towards her. Sir I do feel someone knew this person that probably had a car and told her they just sit inside and talk. This would have made any screams duller, and strangulation is statistically the way most people are murdered during a sexual assault. It would also explain why she was undressed the way she was with one leg in and one leg out. This could be where she picked up the strand of hair on the bottom of her foot. Placing the body would not have been far or a difficult task. Deanna weighed very little so she could have been easily carried there. This would have cut the noise factor down and provided a place to attack her at that time of night no one would have paid attention or even seen what was going on. Diana would have probably crossed the street to be on that side. Diana lived on that side of the street, 
so it could have been a snatch and a crime of opportunities that cannot be taken out of the realm of possibilities but does bring it back to the noise factor and waking someone up. My own thoughts about 125 Jacques is that it was a drop place. This is my opinion. Only. The world lost a wonderful human soul. She was caring and kind. Love kids and helping them. Was looking to possibly make that her career goal in her life or maybe she would have chosen something different. Deanna had her whole life in front of her. Deanna would have been one of those rare people who cared so deeply. Deanna would have shined. I would like to give a special thanks to Catherine. She helped me to keep this fact-based. There is a bunch of information out there with some facts and rumors and I aim to make sure that everything I put out there is true. I admire the strength that Catherine has so please if you know anything even if you think it is so small it would not matter it does. Please if you have a tip call 1617-448-3842.